Started from the bottom, now the whole team here Started from the bottom, now we here Started from the bottom, now my whole team here Started from the bottom, now we here Started from the bottom, now the whole team here Hey, I'm Andy Holmes, I'm the host of The Goat Guide A training ground for salespeople to go from good to great to goat Last name ever First name greatest, like a sprained ankle, boy, ain't nothing to play with. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the second episode of The Goat Guide. I was able to record with Brigham Lindsay a couple weeks ago. What I love about Brigham's story is he was able to take some of the harmful addictions that he had when he was growing up and use his addictive personality in this job to be mega successful. Pay attention to the small details that Brigham focuses on in this episode because those small details are the difference between normal levels of success and abnormal accomplishments. And what's cool is over the weekend, he actually just got inducted to the Aptive Pest Control Hall of Fame as the first inductee of the Hall of Fame. I just feel bad for whoever they try to put in next because no one is even close to as deserving as Brigham. Brigham Lindsay. Thanks for hopping on, dude. Dude, no problem. Cool. Um, anyone who doesn't recognize the name Brigham Lindsay, I'll just uh, I'll give you a quick little recap. He is one of the all-time greats in the door-to-door world. You've won Golden Door 2015, 2016, 2017 in pest control. That was 1,000 accounts in pest control service, then 1,100, then 1,200, correct? Yeah, it was 1,100, and then 1,000, and then 1,200. But yeah, same thing. Sorry, out of order. And then you also won the the Aptive Masters tournament, which is basically the one-on-one tournament. Um, I guess that some of these were back when it was Altera. Some of these were with Aptive. That was you, you won it four times in 2013, 16, 18, and 20. Correct. And then Brigham, how long have you been in the door-to-door space? This is my 10th year. My first summer was about five and a half weeks. Um, and then every summer after that's been a full summer. Okay, awesome. You've made good money doing this job. You've also invested it well. Um, you actually bought one of my investing partner's parents' houses, Gage um, Heward. You you didn't know that, but I knew that. <laughs> um, you've got $5 million in, in real estate. How old are you, Brigham? 38. So one thing that I really like is you didn't necessarily start at 18 or 21 like most people. You started a little bit later. Um, and you were still able to, to have that success. Totally. Yeah. It was definitely lucky for sure. How did you get started in door to door? Well, it was definitely not my plan. Um, I've always grown up with this idea that, uh, you know, go to school, get your career, figure out what you want to do, and then just go all in on that, work for a long time and then retire sort of like the, the American dream, right? Um, but when I got out to school, I realized that I literally had no money and I wanted to get married. I wanted to get a car. I wanted to pay for my own schooling. I wanted to do all these things on my own. I wanted to be independent. And my other option was to basically work at a grocery store or just something low key during the summer doing the math just did not make sense for me to do that because there was no way I was going to get what I needed to complete my goals. And so then I was like, all right, maybe this door to door thing is an option because I had heard about you know people making pretty dang good money in it, although at first it seemed a little bit too good to be true. Um, after looking into it, researching it, I realized that the bottom guys were making two, three, four times what I could have made, 
at a grocery store job or like a normal nine to five. And so I was like, all right, you know what? Worst case scenario, this still makes sense. I don't think I'm a bottom guy, but even if I was, then hey, who cares? Let's just roll with it and make the 15, 20 grand. Awesome. So, and you knew Chase Williams, right? You Correct. You grew up with Chase Williams. Chase Williams is one of the president of sales at Aptive Pest Control. Yep. Okay. Absolute stud. Love Chase. Um, what, I guess, tell me how that kind of went down because Chase was really big into recruiting, but Chase didn't necessarily look out to recruit you. You kind of recruited yourself to Chase. Totally. Is that correct? Yeah. So he, Chase knew me from high school. Um, I was a different human being back in high school. I was uh, probably one of the worst guys you'd want to try to recruit to do door to door to anything to do anything hard. And so Chase knew me. We we're you know we grew up together, and so we actually randomly he I randomly ran into him at BYU Idaho when I was going to school, and uh, that gave me the confidence to kind of reach out to him. But at first he was like. Yeah, no, I don't think this is the right fit for you. Maybe you should kind of, you know, look into being a service pro or something else. And I really had to sell myself on him and, and tell him, like, look, Chase, if you could do this much, I can do half or I can do one fourth. Uh, but he didn't know I had changed my life, kind of uh, made some big moves in my in my life around the 23 mark. And uh, so he had no idea that, you know, I was a different person at that point. So he was still, the reason he didn't want to recruit you was because he knew how you were previously and not how you were at at that point in time. Um, how would you describe yourself at that point in time when you're selling yourself to Chase? I was motivated. I mean, I really believed that I was a hard worker and that I was good with people. I felt like I had already completed some pretty big challenges in my life. Um, and so I, I was pretty confident I can go out there and make it work, especially because the way that I saw it was like, man, if everybody else could do it, why not me? Uh, why not me give myself a shot? And so I was pretty confident in talking to Chase. Okay. Would you have, like, did you have any sales experience? Zero, except for, I mean, it, you know, I guess the mission, you can call that sort of sales in, in a sense. You know, you're talking with people every day. So you get those people skills a little bit. Uh, but no, no plans on doing sales, zero sales experience. Most of my jobs, all of them, um, had nothing to do with people or anything like that. Okay. Um, one, one thing that you've said in the past that's really resonated with me, um, is I'm just a normal guy. Okay. Yeah. You, you are a normal guy, but you've had very abnormal results. Okay. Like you, you've accomplished a lot. And oftentimes I think that reps, reps feel that so-and-so is different because like he's special for reason X, Y, Z. Okay. Kind of walk me through that thought process and why you even tell people that you are a normal guy. Yeah. I mean, just kind of look at where I came from and look at where I was headed before I had made some of these big changes. And I mean, I was kind of headed down the wrong path, um, things like that. And so I've always considered myself just like anybody else. I think what separated me um, in this industry was that I took some of those past experiences, some of those challenges, and I, I let it kind of fuel me during the summer to where my work ethic was really, really strong. My discipline was really, really good. Um, having some of those pains or having some of those, you know, challenges in my life before I was able to use that as fuel to really kind of, uh, propel me in this sort of a, a, a career where it is basically whatever you, you put in is what you get out. Um, and so, yeah, thinking of myself as a normal dude, I, I really, 
kept that as kind of like my biggest secret. It's like, I am just a normal guy. It's like anybody, there's a lot of people that has talent in this job and, and or in whatever career they're in. Um, but it's the people that put in that day in and day out work, that discipline and, and just go balls to the wall, you know, in that sort of an area. That's, I think that's what separated it. Okay. So normal dude, but you work abnormally hard. Okay. I feel like it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. There's days where I'm super tired and I'm still out there grinding. There's days where I don't want to be out there. If it's raining, I'm still out there. It's just staying committed, staying disciplined. There's a big difference between uh, just the guy that can sell 300 accounts, but he's not really working too much versus the guy that sells 150 accounts, but he's out there grinding every day. I'll take that guy all day long because oh. you can you can help him become better and better as he goes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You'll always choose a hard worker over a talented worker that doesn't work hard. Kind of going a little bit deeper into that level of commitment. Um, I feel like the average rep or even the above average rep, once it gets rainy or it gets hot, whatever road bump comes along, whether it's operations, whatever, I feel like it's easy for them to take their foot off the gas. Can you walk me through your thought process with that? So I think for me, um, as I'm out there grinding and whatnot, I think it's a little bit different because starting so late in life, like I really felt behind. Now, when I saw that the opportunity was there, I'm like, okay, cool. I made, you know, $168,000 my first summer. I'm like, holy crap, this is incredible. And that's when I sort of kind of started to go all in. And for me, it was more about I don't have time to be wasting. I don't have time to, you know, sit back, relax, or not make today count. And so I really made urgency a priority in my day-to-day basis um, out there on the doors. Let um, me let me say one thing. $168,000 in what period of time? How many, how many months? That was my first full summer. So it was about four months. Yeah. Okay. So you made a hundred and you said 168,000? Yep. In four months, mm-hmm. it being your first time doing a sales job. Yeah. And I'm going to school for four years trying to figure out what I want to do. To make how much? 60 grand a whole year. And so like this was like, when I found this, I was like, this is my ticket to like actually have, you know, a good life. I had no idea what I was doing with the money. I had no idea how to invest it, anything like that at the time. But I just knew that just rack it up as much as I could, as fast as I could. And so every day really meant a lot to me. Um, yeah. yeah, but Brigham, most people don't hit $168,000 their first summer. Like it's because you're special. You've got something different. Like you are a normal dude. Okay. And I really want to highlight that. It sounds a little funny, but you're normal. Okay. How are you doing that? I think part of it, honestly, is I just enjoy talking to people. I mean, I really just love people. It's something that just always came natural to me. Um, and I think that is sort of a strength. Um, but I also have this just crazy work ethic that, uh, you know, you could put me in whatever situation. I'm going to figure it out. Um, that's just sort of my mentality. It's like when you, you know, overcome the things that I've overcame in my life, such as drug addiction and just other really just hard things to break away from. Um, you gain a confidence just about anything in general. It's like, if I can get through that, then the summertime is not going to be that hard. I just got to take it day in, day out, do the best I can each day. For me, it was just a simple process. A lot of reps, I feel like they look at the whole summer as a whole and it's overwhelming. 
But when you chop it down day by day and all your, your entire goal is to not, I, I was not even that much results driven. I was mainly just process driven, which is as long as I do the best each day for a hundred days or whatever the time is in the summer, I add that up. I'm going to have a really good summer. I'm going to make that money or I'm going to get whatever results I'm trying to get, but I have to be focused enough and disciplined enough to just be 100% focused on the process each and every day. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where since you were so bought in and going a hundred percent on each individual day, you knew that you were controlling what you were putting into the job. And so you weren't necessarily results driven, but you knew that it was, you were going to land in a good spot, even though you didn't know, even though that wasn't necessarily what you were focused on. One word that I've used to describe you um, and that I've heard describe you is obsessed. Okay. Obsession. Yeah. I, I do have an addictive personality. It's my, one of my biggest strengths and it's been a weakness of mine as well. Um, and the way that you sort of if you want to be obsessed about something, you have to get rid of everything else in your life that you sort of are addicted to. For example, if you are, well, my first summer I started watching Breaking Bad and I would stay up to like 12, one o'clock at night toward the end of the summer watching that and ordering pizza and waking up late, getting out to my area. It's like my last two weeks were really kind of horrible. I learned from that. Um, and so the next summer I didn't watch addictive TV shows. I, 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 never play video games during the summer, like little things like that, that you, your mind sort of deviates toward, especially in the tough times. Like when you're out there on the doors late at night, it's like eight o'clock. If you're thinking of, Hey, I want to go back and play video games or, Hey, I want to go back and watch that TV show or whatever it is. Then guess what? You're not thinking of getting that last sale, getting that one more sale. And so it's not that you're wait. It's not like you're not spending the time on the doors. It's that you're not effectively looking at the doors mentally to where you're focused in on actually getting that last sale or, uh, you know, just basically making your day more productive. Does that make sense? Yeah. When a rep is looking forward to, to lunch or looking forward to a break or looking forward to the end of the day, end of the week, they're not focused on making the most out of where they're at right now and what they can be doing right here. And now they're not full sprint mode. They're kind of jog mode, you know? Definitely. Yep. What would you say to the rep who really does want it, who is focused, you know, obsessed, you could even say, like they're doing anything and everything they can to get that improvement that they want, but they're just not figuring it out. Yeah. Sometimes we overthink things totally. And I do that all the time. Every day uh, I go through battles mentally, right? It's like sometimes I'm thinking too far ahead. Sometimes I, I hold the past and I'm, I'm like, that's basically telling me what my present is. Um, for example, if you almost get a sale, you get this close and then they back out last second. And then for like the next two hours, you're thinking, man, if that guy would have just bought, everything else would have came into play for me today. In reality, if you'd have taken that, rearranged your thought process and said, man, I did so many things right. I almost got that sale. I just need to apply the same things, the same tactics on this next door. And um, I should see a similar result. That's a completely different way to look at it. And it's a way better, you know, uh, I guess, thought process. But being more present, for sure. Having fun on the doors. That's another big one that I thought of as you were asking that question. Um, I, if, if I'm getting too stressed out or if I'm taking this job too seriously, I just remember a couple quotes I have, which is, number one, you're a human being talking to another human being about bug juice, like, or about whatever it is. It's like, it's really not the end of the world. Have fun doing it. Like, 
enjoy the little moments that you have on these doors. Like be present, feel the wind on your face, smell the roses, have good conversations with people. Just be more present and just relax. Typically that's being more process driven versus result driven. And it's, yeah, it gets hard because again, it's a mental battle out there, especially when you haven't had re results. It's easy to think about those sort of things. But I, another one that I like is just, hey, this next door literally has no idea how I've been you know, treated or, or how my success or not success has been the whole day. So I just have to focus in on what I know works. And then if I do that, I should find similar results as I've had in the past. Yeah, I, I love that. It's one of those things where you're talking to somebody, they don't know whether you've sold 10 on the day, whether you've sold 20 on the day, or you're at, you've bageled the last three days in a row. That door, like they really don't know. It's really what you're portraying to them right then and there. Are there any other affirmations that you give yourself? Yeah, I say, I know if I keep knocking with a good attitude, I'm going to find a lay me down. I know if I keep knocking with a good attitude, I'm going to find someone that um, is a switch over or someone I can switch over. And then I know if I keep knocking with a good attitude, I'm going to find someone I can resolve ace and close. And I just know those to be true. I know that if I just keep knocking, keywords being with a good attitude, I'm going to find one of those three. And it's interesting that my likelihood of getting a sale increases so much more that very next door from after I, I say that sort of a thing to myself. How do you stay at your top level when you get some kind of road bump? Um, I, I really think of the law of averages. It's like, there's a lot of things that I can't control. It's like, sometimes I, I can do everything right and I still don't see the results. And that's just part of the game. Like some days you could jack things up and, and not do things right and you can find results. It, but the more, the better you are at you know, focusing on those little things. The law of large numbers basically says, if I flip a coin five times, yeah, I could get heads once, tails four times. I could get heads twice, tails three times, whatever, something like that. But if I flip a coin a million times, it's going to get closer and closer to 50%. Um, in other words, the more that you do the process the right way, you're, you're straight focusing on that process, the closer you will get to what you should get as far as the results goes. Focusing on the inputs. Don't focus on the results necessarily, but instead focus on the actions that get you to those results. 100%. Okay. Yep. Um, Brigham, what do you feel like all top performers have in common? I feel like a lot of them are able to keep a good attitude through the tough times. I think good attitude is going to be one of the key um, elements to a really successful summer. They're a lot more level-headed, meaning that when they go home for the day, they're not going to let the two or three day affect them to where the next day they're going to get two or three. They know that that's just in the past and tomorrow's a new day. Um, they're also not going to get too hyped up on a 20 day. They're going to go home and figure out a way to kind of just level out, chill, go to sleep, get that sleep that they need and go out there and replicate the process the next day. And so they're just way more level-headed, I feel like, and their attitudes are going to be just, you know, pretty dang good. They're going to not be wavering too much with little things that happen throughout the day. Yeah. Realize that a road bump is a road bump. Don't pull the car over. Just keep driving. They also, I feel like another thing to add into that is the quality of doors that they knock. They realize that it's not so much that you're out there trying to find people that need it, but they're out there creating the need for the people because that's what is also going to bring success. And so when I'm out there on the doors, I don't think 
okay, there might be two or three people in here that that need it, and I'll go find those people. Um, although that that does work for some people, just hey, knocking the doors and finding people that need it. But I'm also thinking, okay, well, how can I create that need? How can I create, um, you know, these sales and not just find them? What would you say to the rep who who is working hard or m- maybe thinks they're working hard? They're hitting the doors at the same time. They're hopping off at the same time. The rep who's committed, but still isn't seeing those results. What are you doing different than even the rep who's in the top 5%? Like what separates your typical day from somebody working 10 hours and your typical day working 10 hours? I think a lot of reps, they go out there and man, they're just trying to get the job done, right? They're just, they're just getting out to their area. They're, they're putting in the time they're putting in the, you know, they're knocking the doors and whatnot. It's not like they're not working hard, but I feel like the really good reps know how to, they, they've got their routine set and they know how to get into the flow state or they know how to jump into that mental state to where they're cranking out accounts. Um, and so my routine is very consistent. I typically do the exact same things on a daily basis. And, um, you know, I'm able to kind of get into that flow state a little bit more, take those days that I was really doing super good, identify exact details, identify exact things that I was doing, saying, feeling um, on those really good days, and then apply it to that to that day that I'm knocking right now. And then in my mind, it's like, I should find similar results. And it gets me pumped. It gets me excited. Like, okay, cool. Let's go out there and do these little things that I was doing you know, whatever that back when I was, when I hit 30 accounts, whatever, it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to do these things again, exactly how I was doing it then. And I should find um, those similar results. And uh, so I feel like a lot of times they just go out there, not with like a mental game plan. They just kind of go out there and knock doors. Uh, I don't want to call it like aimlessly, but they're sort of dead on the doors a little bit. Whereas, you know, I call it alive is life. When you're dead on the doors, that is death. Like you got to be hype. You got to be energized. You got to find those little things to keep you rolling uh, throughout the day. And so for me, it's my routine and getting into that mindset of when I was really cranking it and then replicating that every single day. Yeah, I love that. And for anyone who didn't quite catch that, like when he, he, he said, yeah, when I hit 30, your best day was 31, right? Correct. Anyone not in pest control, that is absolutely wild. And if you are in pest control, you truly understand how crazy that is. Okay, Brigham, I want to hear some tough love really quick. Okay. 300 level rep, 400 level rep, AKA a good rep in solar. That might be a rep who's getting 30 installs, 40 installs in alarms. It might be somebody getting 70 or 80 jobs through. I want to hear some tough love for that rep who, who is, who's good enough. Who's content with where they're at. It's like, where do you want to, how do you want to like, you know, look back on your life and, and, and realize that, Hey, your potential was here, but yet you settled for something down here. It's like, I, we've all been there by the way. So it's not like there's, as soon as you recognize that, as soon as you realize that you have way more to give and you still go down here, that's not going to be a great feeling, you know, when you're on your deathbed or whatever, you know how they say that thing. It's like, what, what things are you going to really matter when you're on your deathbed? It's like, I, I feel like reaching your potential and selling yourself super short on what your potential is, like go for it. Failing is winning in my mind. Cause like if you're failing, that means you're trying. And if you keep trying, you're going to find success. And, uh, you know, for the ones that really aren't going, you really aren't trying. That's, that's failing in my mind. 
What piece of advice would you give somebody who's right there at 210, 211 degrees and is like about to boil, but can't quite get there? There's, it's funny because I truly believe that like on a scale from zero to a hundred, most people are around the 75 to 80% level as far as like how much they put into the doors each day. And, um, I feel like it's really hard to get a hundred percent. When I say 80 to 85%, I mean, they're busting their tails out there on the doors. And they think that they're giving 98, 99%. Exactly. Exactly. And so I would, I would suggest push through, you know, that one more no push, start pushing through more smoke screens, like figure out a way to kind of give yourself that good routine to where you are maximizing your time with urgency. You're in the zone, you're in the flow state more. Um, I think one of my, I think biggest lessons that I've learned in this job is, um, is urgency and the fact that we're able to do a lot more than we think in less time. And so what I mean by that, if, if your die goal, let's say pest control, and if your die goal is like six or seven, um, by the end of the day, it's like if, think about what you would do to hit that by lunch if I was to say, hey, you give you $10,000 if you hit six today by lunch. It's like, what exactly are you going to do? Write those feelings down, write how you feel down. And if it starts making your heart thump, starts giving you chills, like you're on the right path uh, to making some, some pretty dang big um, adjustments result-wise. So it's interesting. I've seen that happen before. I do that sort of for, for some of the teams I train. It's like, hey, tell me what your die goal is. And then um, you know, I'll say, well, if you get it by lunch, I'll take you to Ruth's Chris or something like that. And a lot of guys do it. They break their, what they thought was possible in the morning time. And uh, it's, it's fun to see that. Well, and what's, what I love about that, Brigham, I've actually, maybe I did get it from you back in the day, but I've used that same thing. What I ask the reps is, what would you do different that morning versus your typical morning? And they typically say, oh, I'd knock more doors. I'd make sure I get a good night's sleep, blah, blah, blah. Like they'll, they'll do all these things to like increase their probability of hitting it because they're so excited about it. Okay. Yep. And then they perform better. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, is the $10,000 what caused them to hit those six accounts? No, it's actually all the different inputs and the different focus that they had that got them to those six accounts, right? They were more committed. They changed their inputs and got a different output because they were excited enough about it, okay? And so it's like thinking that through, it's, okay, let's play that on the half day. Let's play that on the full day. If I offered a rep $100,000, if they could tomorrow beat their best day, what does that? What does tomorrow look like that's different than any other day? Okay, and now let me ask how, what percentage are you giving on your average day? You thought it was 98, you thought it was 99, and, and maybe you are truly pushing hard, but there's always another level. And I know the, that a lot of people will say, yeah, but then I'll be tired for this, or I can't, I can't do that. Like, that's not sustainable. To be a big producer, you have to be running a marathon at a sprinter's pace, almost. Totally. I agree. It's not a marathon. It is a, it is a sprint, but it's just day by day. The fastest marathon runners average like six minutes a mile for 26.2 miles. And so for people to say, oh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It's like, yeah, but at the same time, let, let's pick up the pace of your marathon. I remember a training that Vest did a while ago, and he just asked everyone to raise their hand as high as they could. And everybody raised their hand. And he said, okay, I want you to raise it a little higher. 
everyone raised it a little higher. And um, it's interesting. It's like, well, why, why didn't you raise it as high as you could the first time? I asked you to raise it as high as you could. And so there's always a little more that you can find to give. And so going back to that kind of analogy that we were using for, hey, get you know six by lunch or, hey, get you know beat your best day for this. Figure out what that looks like for you and start like applying those things. If you really want to hit that next level, it's going to take a little bit of different effort. It's going to take a little bit of different mindset. And so figuring out what those things are and then attacking that each and every day. And um, I also feel like the why is super important. That'd be the last thing I add in is a lot of people have a good why. It's like, hey, I want to buy a house. I want to get this nice car. I want to do this. And a lot of times they actually are very materialistic, if I'm being honest. Figure out a why that's more emotional. Figure out a why that makes your heart thump, gives you those chills. You know, like figure out some sort of a why that's going to push you through rain, push you through the swamps, push you through anything that's going to get the job done. Nothing should stop you from accomplishing your goals. The only person that would stop you is yourself. We all heard, we've all heard that before. And so, Brigham, what is your Instagram handle? Uh, Brigham Lindsay. Can you spell that? B R I G H A M L I N D S A Y. Perfect. Anyone not in door-to-door looking to get into door-to-door and want to get mentored or work for Brigham, reach out to him, DM him. He is hiring and he is as good as they get. So thanks again, Brigham, for hopping on. Love this. I'm sure we'll have you on again. Appreciate you, bro. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team.